0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to Film Fragments, a podcast where we take fragments of an actor, director, and genre and tell you our favorites from their catalog. My name is Brian Suffield, I'm your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you guys to this week's episode of Film Fragments, where today we're going to be talking about our favorite films, starring Oscar nominee Bradley Cooper. The newest film, Maestro, that he is not only starring in, but also directing, hits Netflix this week. I'm very excited to be delving into the career of Bradley Charles Cooper. All the mini Coopers that are listening, be happy that we're finally doing this episode just for you guys. Today, I cannot wait to delve into his career. I've been a fan of Bradley Cooper for a very long time. He's proven himself to be a very talented actor, but he's also proven himself to be quite the guy behind the camera as well. I'm so curious to hear what our list is going to be, and today joining me on Film Fragments is Molly Raspberry. She is a member of the North Carolina Film Critics Association, and she's a contributor over at the film stage. Molly, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm very excited to have you on. Cannot wait to delve into the career of Bradley Cooper with you. But before we get into talking about Bradley Cooper, I would just love to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do, what got you into film, and why you love it so much.
1: So yes, I am Molly Raspberry. I've been in, in love with film for a long time. I actually wanted to be a film director when I was a kid when I saw Jurassic Park. And then that dream was kind of crushed, which that I was like, oh, okay, then but then my love for it was reinvigorated in high school, and I wanted to do film studies. So I did film studies as a undergrad. And then I did it in post grad too so so yes i've actually done quite a bit i've written quite a, i've written a, a lot of it i have so many essays um, published and unpublished about film so yeah i spent a good chunk of my adulthood studying it
0: that's awesome that's so exciting mm-hmm. that you've regained this love for film and everything mm-hmm. and you know It's so exciting whenever I have someone on here who not only is a fan of film, but someone who inspires to pursue a career in filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I always find that to be really interesting because there's not Mm -hmm. that many people that come onto this show that do that. They're just, Mm -hmm. you know, film fans and passionate film geeks Mm -hmm. and what have you. So I think it's really cool that not only are you a film geek, but you're also someone who inspires to make films and tell stories that bring them to life and speaking Mm -hmm. of telling stories that bring them to life going into our topic today at bradley cooper like i said at the top Mm -hmm. he's a very celebrated actor he's a very popular Mm -hmm. presence in the industry but he's also proven himself these last few years to be quite the director as well Mm -hmm. he's directed two features so far both that are very different from one another, and we'll probably be talking about them later on throughout the episode, but why do you think a lot of people get excited whenever they see Bradley Cooper's name attached to a project? Why do you think people get excited whenever they see what he does, and what makes you Mm -hmm. such a fan of Bradley Cooper?
1: Well, I wouldn't call myself an adoring fan, but he intrigues me, and what intrigues me about him is that he never takes the easy easy route. He always gives his all in every single project he wants to do. And whether he succeeds or not is a different story, but he he does he never fakes it. You never hear him fake it. He actually truly adores what he does. And he also is willing to be a bit silly. Silly when the needs call for it. I mean, he's kind of like Cary Grant in that in that manner where he can be goofy and that's something i actually kind of really i actually like one of the performances i'm going to talk about later on is was one of his first big breakout roles because he was willing to be willing to embarrass himself and be be goofy
0: yeah i really love the places that bradley cooper goes Mm -hmm. i love that he's an actor that doesn't stick to one specific kind of role it's Mm -hmm. really impressive to I'm trying to think of how to word. It's very impressive when you look at his filmography and see that mm-hmm. he's done a mix of everything. Yeah. Which is really impressive considering mm-hmm. that there are actors out there that only stick to one kind of role. But mm-hmm. Bradley isn't like that at all. He likes mm-hmm. to challenge himself and do something that mm-hmm. may be different from he the does. previous film that he had done. And now with him taking on directing, mm-hmm. it shows this different side from that we never thought we would see yeah and i love the guy i Mm -hmm. think he always knocks it out of the park it's very rare Mm -hmm. where you watch a movie with bradley cooper and go wow bradley cooper was one of the worst things about that movie
1: no that is one thing you could say even with a film like limitless or um he's just not that into you which Uh i did not care for that film but i was like man that bradley cooper was good though
0: yeah another example is hit and run some comedy he did Mm -hmm. back in 2012 like you know that film Mm -hmm. but him thumbs up yeah yeah i Mm i love bradley cooper i've been a fan for a long time and Mm -hmm. it's really incredible just to see how he's evolved and how he really wants to continue mm-hmm. to be taken seriously like he could do all these serious dramas back to back and then he could sprinkle mm-hmm. in something really fun and entertaining yeah like a hangover mm-hmm. or he could do something like Guardians of the galaxy yes and then all of a sudden he could make that drastic shift and do something like american mm-hmm. sniper the place beyond the pines mm-hmm. Silver Lines mm-hmm. playbook and now star is born maestro all these things mm-hmm. and i really have a lot of respect for him and i'm so excited mm-hmm. to delve into our list because i really have no idea the direction you're going to with your list, it was a very difficult <laughs> list to put together as we talked about right before mm-hmm. we started recording this episode. But mm-hmm. I'm so curious to hear your list, I'm so curious to see which films you put in your top five. So I just say, without further ado, let's get right into the list our top five favorite films starring Bradley Cooper. So, Molly, what is your number five favorite Bradley Cooper film of all time?
1: So, I feel like people are going to find this very strange, but I really liked him in Wet Hot American Summer. So, he's so good with Amy Poehler, and it's actually a cult classic for a reason. It is a lot of fun to watch all the people be as silly as possible and that's why it works and all these counselors and i was i i went to camp too so i was a huge camp kid so that's why why that film even though there's some parts of it i was just like this did not age well i was still enjoying enjoying this and enjoying the parts that and technically even it's actually it's just like And even though I realized it probably shouldn't count because it's a TV miniseries, but I still count it as like this long movie. I'm like, if we can count Twin Peaks The Return as a movie, I think this can (laughs) because it's a miniseries and he's having fun with it. And yeah, and it's just one of my one of my I put in my top five Bradley Cooper performances as Ben. He is just having so much fun with this. Yeah, and he's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's so funny. So I love the wet hot american summer franchise i find the movie mm-hmm. to be pretty incredible yes it's a little dated yes some of the jokes didn't exactly yes. well mm-hmm. but i do love how the movie was kind of a launching pad for a lot of actors that had big careers really? after this i mean you think of like paul rudd and mm-hmm. um elizabeth banks this was actually bradley cooper's first film when the movie came out yeah. 2001 yeah. and it's great, and I agree. The sequences with him. I and like Amy both. Poehler I like great. both the
1: miniseries and the film too. So yeah. I like. I consider them both, like, because they're part of the same universe. So I'm like, it's uh-huh. both. It's the same character right there.
0: Yeah, and that, yeah, that,
1: Amy Polar, yeah, Elizabeth Banks, yeah, just all these people got a big start in this series, in this yeah. movie. And I'm so glad they got together for a series and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, it,
0: it was. They all they all jumped back into mm-hmm. their roles. And it's so funny mm-hmm. because a lot of people were shot that Bradley Cooper even came back for the series because like of all the people like, the you're like, your are it's like he and Paul Rudd definitely became the biggest names. But mm-hmm. at that point, Bradley Cooper was doing all these like. You know Oscar caliber films, yes. So it was odd seeing him back as this character, but he jumped right back into the role. That's why we like him because
1: he he wants to come back in and do this part, and because he loved it so much. That's why we like him because he's like, I'm going to keep doing this part. I've been nominated for Oscars, but I want to work with my buddies again, and that's why we appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I said we like him. He can be goofy, and that's what we love to see. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah.
0: That's such a good pick. That's a great pick. Um, mm-hmm. So number five for me is not a comedy at all. <laughs> it's, an, it's a pretty dour movie. I'm gonna go with Nightmare Alley as my number five.
1: Oh, that's uh, on my list too. Loved, but yeah,
0: w- w- loves Nightmare Alley. A mm-hmm. great neo noir psychological thriller from the great mm-hmm. mind of Guillermo del Toro. It's not one of my favorite del Toro movies. I wouldn't necessarily rank it up mm-hmm. in like the top three. But I would say yeah, top no. five, and this was his follow-up to The Shape of Water, Shape of, water. of course, mm-hmm. was this huge Oscar-winning film It won Best Picture, won Guillermo an Oscar for director. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then Bradley Cooper hopping on as this Carney who decides mm-hmm. to take big risks to boost his career in very mm-hmm. fascinating ways that I won't get into in case anyone listening hasn't seen the movie. It's a really fascinating performance for mm-hmm. Cooper because – for the first part of the movie i would say maybe the first 20 to 30 minutes he mm-hmm. doesn't speak a word at all and we're like mm-hmm. bradley cooper tends to play very talkative characters so it's very yeah. out of left field mm-hmm. to see him in this kind of role mm-hmm. but i really loved him in this role i thought he fit this mm-hmm. world perfectly and then his chemistry with Kate blanchett was next level mm-hmm. they worked off each other incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the cast was great. You had Rooney Mara, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins, yes.
1: mm-hmm. Tony
0: Collette, and one of the probably steamiest yes. scenes that Bradley Cooper's ever done. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Ron Perma, David Stratton. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan
1: mm-hmm.
0: of films set during this time period,
1: mm-hmm. and I think
0: Guillermo was perfect for this, and I think Bradley was awesome for this mm-hmm. as well. And yes. not to say too much about it, I don't want to go on a long tangent or anything, mm-hmm. but Bradley's performance, specifically in the end of the movie, really got to me.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: thought it was really impressive to see him kind of open up a lot and just cry mm-hmm. his heart out and then with that big yes. beard and that disheveled look and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that mm-hmm so much i thought he was so good in the movie i was very surprised when this garnered the best picture nomination i didn't think that that mm-hmm. was gonna happen at all
1: neither this did i
0: even, this wasn't even in my top 10 of that year it was a pretty mm-hmm. good year for film but it wasn't mm-hmm. even close to my top 10 but i really really liked it a lot and mm-hmm. i loved cooper in it and even though i had some problems with the runtime and some pacing mm-hmm. and issues and what have you I thought this was a solid Allen for Bradley Cooper.
1: Mm-hmm. And it gives
0: me hope that maybe one day he'll work with Guillermo del Toro again. Because I, I feel like they were a made in heaven. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Nightmare Alley is my number five. So obviously you mm-hmm. brought up how this is on your list. So we'll get to it when we get to yes. it. So <laughs> yes. So going into our number fours, what is your pick?
1: So this one, I feel like people are probably going to think, oh, he's not even in, the- in there physically but i it's just such a good good vocal performance that i have to give it its credit it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and that movie really proved that it's Rocket Raccoon's story and that Rocket Raccoon was the main protagonist of this trilogy cuz he's the one besides Star-Lord who had to grow up and he had to actually actually t- find a way to confront his past and actually accept himself and accept his flaws and his crisis of thinking I'm a monster. And that's, and Bradley just brought to that role such gravitas and such pathos as well. Like you're just laughing one second and then you want to cry for him the next and he's just a talking raccoon, but he does it so well. And it's one of the best vocal performances Of at least the past 10 years, in my opinion, because yeah, and one of the best MCU characters and Bradley Cooper imbued, endowed that, imbued that character with such tenderness and such heart that yeah, Rocket, Rocket is an amazing character. He's an amazing Riddling character. And even Mm -hmm. though he's mostly CGI and Bradley Cooper gave it his all. And what could I say? He did really well.
0: So my number four is actually the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I have that as my number four. Um, While Guardians 3 is definitely the Rocket Raccoon showcase Mm -hmm. for Bradley's vocal. I agree. Bradley's vocal work in that is some of my favorite Mm -hmm. of the entire year. Um, Mm -hmm. There's certain line deliveries that have stuck with me since I saw that Mm -hmm. movie earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And particularly A Scream. That is let out yes. it's one of the most heartbreaking screams that I've heard in a film in a very long time. And I cannot mm-hmm. even imagine like being in that recording booth.
1: I know. When oh. that
0: scream was recorded. I cannot mm-hmm. even imagine.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I'm sure James Gunn and everyone there was like their hearts just dropped. Yeah. than mine. Mm-hmm. When I saw the movie, I was just watching the movie sitting there and just like. I felt like I I had a huge punch to the gut Mm -hmm. after that happened. Um, Yes. That's great. But regarding the first Guardians of the Galaxy, so this is actually my favorite MCU film. Hmm. I think it's the one that that knows exactly what it is and it doesn't take Mm -hmm. itself seriously, which I really respect. Mm
1: -hmm. And this was
0: also at the point where the MCU was still fairly new. I believe this was like the 7th. Film in the MCU, so this was yeah, and people were,
1: on. yeah, people were just like, Why are you doing a thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy? No one knows who these characters are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't remember exactly.
0: that part, <laughs> and now it's reg- and now it's regarded as one of the best films of the entire MCU mm-hmm. because again, it doesn't take itself seriously. And when it does mm-hmm. take itself seriously, in my opinion, it works for the most part. Mm-hmm. I really like the emotional it does have that is sprinkled mm-hmm. throughout these this trilogy of movies. Mm-hmm. but I think Bradley is like perfect cast in his rocket. I remember when they announced that it Bradley is. was voicing this character. I was like, Bradley Cooper the <laughs> raccoon? I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. And again, this was at the stage where Bradley was doing all these prestigious Oscar mm-hmm. films. He had just done civilized playbook and mm-hmm. American hustle. And he was just about to do American sniper. It's like, is yes. Bradley Cooper actually doing this because he wants to do it or is he doing it for the money?
1: yeah and And honestly
0: throughout all of his performances you could tell that he actually really enjoyed mm -hmm. playing this character and when he did some recent interviews Mm -hmm. regarding volume three Mm -hmm. i'm like okay the dude actually really liked playing this character which is great that he didn't just phone it in just to get a paycheck and everything so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i i love the guardians films um Mm -hmm. the first one will forever be my favorite in the mcu You can make Mm -hmm. an argument that it's not the best film in the MCU, and I'll totally stand by that. But I love the film. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. It's so entertaining. I love the aesthetic, the costumes, Mm -hmm. the visual effects. I think it's all extraordinary. I don't like Chris Pratt at all. I cannot stand him. No, I I don't
1: either.
0: But I love Vanessa's character. I think he's perfect. Mm -hmm. Then same goes for Zoe Saldana and Dave Bautista. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Vin Diesel as Groot. Everyone's just perfect in their roles.
1: Mm-hmm. and yeah
0: i love the evolution of the character i agree with you mm-hmm. of how rocket was essentially the protagonist of this trilogy mm-hmm. and you know such a drastic shift from when we first met him to when we last mm-hmm. see him in volume three it's exactly. an incredible oh. arc one of the best arcs in the mcu straight mm-hmm. up and it is yeah i i i love i love that we both got to put a guardians film on our list because yeah really when you talk about bradley cooper you can't not talk about his work is rocket. It's
1: exactly you, you just you can't, can't
0: push that aside. It's mm-hmm. it's really incredible work. Mm-hmm. It's incredible voice work and voice work. Great voice work is very hard mm-hmm. to pull off. You have to it do is. a lot. A lot of people don't take voice actors seriously. Yeah, and like compare the performance
1: does... of Chris Pratt as Mario compared to Bradley Cooper's as Rocky Raccoon. The difference is just paramount.
0: It's it's, it's night and day. It's literally mm-hmm. night and day, and. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary what he's able to do, and I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that he played this character. I was so unsure of how I was going to feel when I first heard the Mm -hmm. announcement, but I think it's a great decision that he made on his part. So Mm -hmm. we both have Guardians films as our number fours, so Mm -hmm. now transitioning to our number threes, what is your pick?
1: All right, my number three, technically it's a glorified cameo, but I love it so much, Licorice Pizza. Where he is just that film producer, the oh, the, the real life guy who dated Barbara Streis, Streisand. who's just like, it's Streisand, it's Streisand, it's Streisand, Streisand. <laughs> and I just love that line delivery. It's just, he's so good. He fits in there so well in that, in the Los Angeles. And he's just, he is very good at playing complete a-holes. I mean, the first thing I really noticed him was Wedding Crashers, where he's Rachel McAdams' terrible fiancé. And he just has, he's just, but you still want to watch him because you're still just thinking to yourself. Uh, John Peters, because you're still thinking to yourself, just like, this guy is interesting, but he's an asshole. And you're just, and it's just great to watch. And he's just so funny. He gets some of the biggest laughs in the film. Just, and him was Cooper, just Cooper. With um, him, with with Cooper Hoffman, just just towering over him in the scenes. It's just oh, it's so good. He's he has such great rapport with the cast, and that really makes it top notch. A top notch performance, even though he's only in it for like ten minutes at most. So, Licorice Pizza is my third favorite of his.
0: This is a pass for me. I will talk about it when I get to it. I'm very excited <laughs> to talk about this movie. Uh, long-time listeners know how much mm-hmm. this movie means to me, so um, buckle up when I get to it. Um, yes. So my number three, I have a, a film that isn't really seen on lists where they rank Bradley Cooper's films and mm-hmm. top five because it's shocking to me that people don't really tend to think about this film when thinking about Bradley Cooper because. It's one of the best things that he's been a part of, and it's a very unconventional pick. So my number three is The Place Beyond the Pines. Mm-hmm. I love the work that Derek C. Of France did with Ryan Goslin. Blue Valentine mm-hmm. arguably might be the best romance that I've ever seen, even though it's the most depressing thing I, I probably have <laughs> ever watched in my life. And this is also equally depressing when you think about it, but... So, I don't want to spoil anything because this is a movie mm. that's best to go into without knowing exactly what goes down. But just to give everyone here the basic gist mm-hmm. of it, uh, Ryan Gosling is this stunned motorcyclist. He performs these shows that are traveling around these like conventions, mm-hmm. these carnivals, what have you. And then he stumbles across a former flame who's played by his now real-life partner, Eva Mendes. and she tells him that i have a kid and it's your kid and all of a mm-hmm. sudden he wants to be there for the kid he wants to provide for the kid as much as he can so he decides mm-hmm. to take into robin banks mm-hmm. to make money to provide for his child insert bradley cooper who's a cop who's basically chasing down ryan goslin and that's all i'm gonna say without getting into <laughs> the true <laughs> crux of the movie because that's all you need to know
1: yeah because because there's a big twist in it and you're like "Ooh, i was not expecting that when i first saw it in the theater
0: absolutely and mm-hmm. that twist uh one of in my opinion one of the great twists of recent memory mm-hmm. executed so well i was like wait a minute hold on one second that i i I was literally shook. I was shook Mm -hmm. when I first saw the movie. I'm just like, oh, this is the direction they're going. Hey, that's pretty cool. I love it so much. But um, (laughs) this is a film that definitely um, goes about with the whole Mm three-act structure. It definitely follows the three-act structure because it really is essentially three different movies in Mm -hmm. one. And I'm not going to spoil why that is, but love the direction it goes. And regarding Bradley Cooper's performance, Mm -hmm. he's very solid in this. It's not one of my favorite performances that he's given, but Mm -hmm. I really love the film itself. And I love what they do with the character. And I especially love maybe the last scene that he Mm -hmm. acted in this movie where it's him in the woods. I don't want to provide the context of it because I don't want to spoil anything, Mm -hmm. but it's a scene that's really devastating and very difficult to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. And the direction that Cooper goes, that he brings to his performance, is really unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that nobody really talks about this film when talking about Bradley Cooper films. I understand Mm -hmm. it's not a film that he's the lead of, so I can understand someone not talking about it. And it is, unfortunately, a film that didn't get a lot of traction when it came Mm -hmm. out because it came out super early in the year. And, of Mm -hmm. course, by the time the year ended, nobody was talking about it, which is a real shame. But Mm -hmm. I love... Place Me on the Pines. I love Ryan Goslin in it, and I love Bradley Cooper in it. They have very little scenes together, but whenever they do have scenes together, it's mm-hmm. literal magic, and it's a parent that I would love to see again down the road. Mm-hmm. I would love for the two of them to work together again. Mm-hmm. And yeah again the places that this film goes is really insane and i love the ensemble as well shout out to ray liotta in a very chilling performance but when isn't ray liotta mm-hmm. given a chilling performance and anything so very true um, he was
1: my favorite part of that movie actually
0: you know and he was very pivotal to bradley cooper's mm-hmm. character so mm-hmm. it's a very interesting turn of events what happens with mm-hmm. his character but yeah, Place Beyond the Pines is so magnificent and very underrated, which is a shame mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things going for this movie. I mean, it stars two of the biggest actors working today, two actors who, fittingly, yeah. who, fittingly enough, both of these actors are about to be nominated for Oscars again. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: it's going to be cool seeing them, you know, hopefully I want to see a pic of them at some award show just reunited mm-hmm. because that would be so, so sick. Yeah, Place Beyond the Pines is my number three. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume this is not on your list, but I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on The Place Beyond the Pines.
1: I actually, I was not as impressed with it as with Blue Valentine and Sound of Metal, the director's other films. I thought it was his weakest one. I felt that the sons were a bit underwritten and especially Dane Hahn's character, which I'm like, that is the whitest character that I've ever seen come out of Eva Mendez. I don't believe that. <laughs> he is so pale. He is paler than Ryan Gosling here, but it was just, it was just, I felt like the minute it went to Bradley Cooper's character, I was just like, I'm not sure the director was as interested in Bradley Cooper as Ryan Gosling's character. And that was a flaw to me. And it was still well done. It was just, I just didn't connect to it as well as those other two.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. Just to clarify, he actually only wrote Sound of Metal. He didn't direct that. That was directed by Darius Martyr.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It does definitely feel like a Derek C. of France film in disguise. Mm-hmm. It does, um, yeah. <laughs> I think he was actually I think he was actually supposed to direct it at one point, but then mm-hmm. he gave it to Darius to direct. But um mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get that. I mean, if you were to ask me which film I prefer, Blue Valentine or Place Me on the Pines, I would choose Blue Valentine in the Heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I, I like that film a lot more, although I could tell you that this is definitely an easier rewatch than blue valentine the the places that blue valentine goes and everything that's Mm -hmm. not to say that this is a better film than that but Mm i totally get where you're coming from Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: um do you agree with me on that scene in the woods do you like bradley's performance in that scene
1: that is actually was the thing that actually sold that performance to me at the end yeah (laughs) at that scene in the woods
0: it's it's good stuff it's very good stuff Mm so now we're going into our top two Mm -hmm. and we have so much time to delve into our top two and explain why these are our top two films so Mm -hmm. you obviously had passed on a movie that i brought before and i also passed on a movie that you brought before so Mm -hmm. tell us what your second favorite bradley cooper film of all time is
1: i probably feel this is going to be super obvious to some people but a star is born it's just it's He's so great as Norman Maine, and he has a lot of competition to go with because he has three other actors who have played that same role: with Frederick March in 1937, Jace, James Mason in 1954, and Chris Christopherson in the 70s. And to play that role, that that very sympathetic yet still still trim, trim, but still very very lonely person in seeing that seeing that downturn where his fame and career hits down rock bottom while the while though his muse actually outshines him it's and seeing that seeing him actually place her above himself at the end it's just which sorry spoiling cuz even though i don't feel as bad because it's been remade so many times so so you're just seeing that and you just, even though you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming. You want him to survive. And he does such, he has such great chemist rapport with Lady Gaga as, and, as, as, as Ali and she's, and they're both working so well together. He's giving his all. He's just, inc- and, and it's just, it's really hard. It's a tight rope for this character because he is ruining her career, but you still want them to be together. And even though he's, you know, hasn't treated her very well, because he loves her. And you could see that even after all the trauma and all the misery he's going through, that he still loves her. And, so, and Bradley just does it so well. And Bradley, I consider this, except for my number one, this is probably my favorite performance of his. It's not my favorite movie of his. It's my favorite performance of his.
0: Now, you having that as your number two and you talking a little bit about his performance, mm-hmm. elaborate a little bit more on where you stand on his directing in this film because that's also a very important thing because like, yeah, not only is he the star of the movie but he's Mm -hmm. also the director of the movie too. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, he also, he's really good at directing female cast members, I've noticed because like compare that to Lady Gaga's performance in in House of Gucci with Ridley Scott and he just had, not Ridley Scott just couldn't catch that, um, catch that that sense that Lady Gaga could latch onto that um, it's hard to describe just and but Bradley with her and Carrie Mulligan they both give some of their career best performances under his direction and he also he loves the longer takes which I really appreciate and I love that he will go into that and there will also be a lot uh, and also cinematography is always gorgeous he really really actually it's all edited very well shot so well which is why a lot of his stuff you're gonna see especially with maestro you're like oh this is a movie so pretty too bad it i it's not as good as it should be but yeah he is a i mean i was scoffing when it said from auteur bradley cooper and i was like What? You haven't even directed one movie, Bradley. You can't really choose that. But after I saw the film, I was just, yeah, he can have that. He can have that title if he wants to after all that, because he he did it so well. And I think he's actually a better director than he is actor, which I'm not sure a lot of people are going to agree with. Especially since I didn't really much care for Maestro, but his directing is just so good. So good. His writing is not the best, though, but his direction is just he has the sense of blocking, camera angles, the just it's just a huge scope with his filmmaking. And just like it's exactly what you want it to be for a filmmaker. You want them to be and to actually put their all into it. And you can tell in every single frame, Bradley Cooper thought out everything really to the He thought out so much.
0: So number two for me is licorice pizza, which I know is going to make a lot of people roll their eyes. (laughs) And I'm sorry to the people that hate licorice pizza. But also I'm not sorry because this (laughs) is the absolute world to me. It's I, in my top
1: five too. Let's let's be okay. It's a safe space here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I adore licorice pizza on so many fronts. I've talked mm-hmm. about this movie quite a few times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to listen to Full Thoughts, I did a Paul Thomas Anderson episode earlier this year with the incredible mm-hmm. Sophia Simonello, so you can get my full thoughts on that it's a breezy beautiful coming of age film that made me laugh that made me have the feels it came Mm -hmm. out at a time where i needed a film like this and i'm so glad Mm -hmm. that we got it It was my favorite film in 2021 and to talk about bradley cooper specifically yes he's only in the movie for 10 minutes but it's some of the best 10 minutes Mm
1: -hmm. that he's ever
0: done in his entire career john peters When I did research <laughs> on him before I saw this movie, um, I was so curious to know what PTA and Bradley Cooper were going to be cooking up. And what every single time I hear PTA, that was oh, delicious. sorry, yeah, no, you're good. What were you going to say? No, no, no I was going to
1: mention every every time I hear PTA, I think of Fiona Apple calling him the Parent Teacher Association because they were a big couple. And he directed a ton of her music videos. Yeah. And and she actually brought it up during an interview to do for a music video or a concert she was thinking about doing. And she said, I was talking to Parent Teacher Association. <laughs> and so every single time I think of Paul Thomas Anderson or I hear PTA, I think Parent Teacher Association you know, directed this film.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I thought of that. too. I remember the first time I heard of the name PTA. I'm like. Like the parent teacher association. <laughs> yes. I thought of that right away. Um, but um no, I I knew that they were gonna cook up something great and what mm-hmm. the result was was very delicious. Bradley stole he was the scene stealer of the entire movie and he was only in he for was. ten minutes. And he
1: really was. That's why he's in every trailer.
0: Literally every trailer. I mean I, uh-huh. he's definitely also the biggest actor of you know the supporting ca- mm-hmm. I mean Sean Penn of course is a big name as well so um I I got excited when Tom
1: Waits screen. came in I love seeing Tom Waits he's my favorite male singer so whenever I see him oh. I'm like Tom. <laughs> I oh, get excited
0: Re- Re- Rex Blau what a great character what a great yes character. he was but um John Peters uh scene stealer mm-hmm. of the whole movie and mm-hmm. I also love how Browley was he was shooting Nightmare Alley and mm-hmm. then COVID happened and
1: mm-hmm. they took
0: a break. And then as soon as you could go back to filming, he shot this first, and then he went straight yes. back to nightmare alley. So it's cool that yes. he got to be in the mindset of his nightmare alley character mm-hmm. and then go into the mindset of John Pierce and then just go back into the mindset of his nightmare alley character. I thought exactly. that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the, and some of the film's best lines come from Bradley Cooper. I mean the Barbara Streisand stuff, that's great. Yes, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But There's also, like, the way he moves around whenever he walks. He's, like, so angry. He, like, moves his body, like, so aggressively and rapidly. It's, like, (laughs) there's so much energy there. And literally, when he comes back and just screams from the top of his lungs, there's no gas zone in the goddamn car, Steve-O! It's so good. And you know what? In a perfect world, he would have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And I know people are like, he, he should was have only been. In for 10 minutes. Look at Judy Dench. She was in one fucking scene of Shakespeare in Love and she won an Oscar. I know that she's Judy uh, Dench and everything, but like, come on.
1: Anthony Hopkins won for playing for playing Hannibal Lecter and he's only in that film for 18 minutes in Sons yeah. of Lambs.
0: Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And he got
1: Best Actor. Yeah. That's even more yeah. striking. It's like, Yeah.
0: I, I know. That's what makes it even more insane. Bradley could have easily slid his way into the nominees. He could, it would yes. have been a great nomination. I wonder if
1: John team. Peters is also still a voting body. He's like, don't you dare nominate him. And he talked to all the people like, how dare you? Well, and it's also interesting because well, John Peters actually produced The Star is Born from, with Robert yes. Streisand. So. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly, and um, um, John Pierce had said that he he would approve of being mm-hmm. used in this movie only if um a certain line was brought. The last line that John Pierce says, he's like, "You guys a fan? You guys like peanut butter sandwiches and everything?" John Pierce, <laughs> like, I will let you put me in the movie put my presence in the movie if you get that line yes. to be said in the movie and and it works. yes I, I mean really like you the, the licorice pizza is a very acclaimed film a very beloved film but there's mm-hmm. obviously a lot of people that also don't like the film which is very valid mm-hmm. and understandable but yeah mm-hmm. i feel like something in agreeance is that browley knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. and he was fantastic yeah. in it and mm-hmm. one of the best moments of the movie was when he yeah. was on screen so
1: Mm-hmm. yeah agree also i think but, we need a reminder that depiction does not in- equate to endorsement and i don't think a lot of people are getting that unfortunately with stuff like right this. Mm-hmm.
0: absolutely yeah so now
1: because it's a fantastic so now, film
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so good it's so good it it's is. just like mm-hmm. i i don't know what it is i i it just came out at the right time and it became a comfort movie for me and i love the pieces mm-hmm. i watched it so many times yes. i've seen it countless amounts of times mm-hmm. and yeah i mean yeah. i stand by my opinion on the movie <laughs> i stand by <laughs> it <opinion.
1: laughs> Same. I stand by that. I love it. And it's a great Paul Thomas Anderson film. And I think it's a fantastic, fantastic romantic comedy, drama-esque. Well, more more romantic comedy and a great little time capsule for for 1970s California.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now transitioning to our number ones. I certainly did not expect you to have Nightmare Alley <laughs> as your number one. So I would love for you to go into detail, mm-hmm. spend as much time as you want, letting me and the listeners know why Nightmare mm-hmm. Alley is your number one favorite Bradley Cooper film of all time.
1: Well, it's interesting. It's not even my favorite Diablo Del Toro film, but, but I, I'm also a fan of the original with Tyrone Power. And I read the novel, too, by William Lindsay, and I loved the book. And though I feel the 1950s movie got the aesthetic a bit more with that, with the film noir, Nightmare Alley follows the text much closer. And it works so well with Bradley Cooper's interpretation of the main character. And he is gets to be so... Awful at points, so slimy at points, when he's just like, I can become a con man, basically, and trying to drag his poor wife Molly, played by Rudomara, into it. And then he finds and then he's then he's swindled himself, and you actually see him really heartbroken when it turns out, oh, oh, that this woman he thought he could trust and loved, this psychiatrist actually have been manipulating him this whole time. And He's just so good he could play this this guy you're like oh he's so devious he's a calm man he can get away with anything and become just this pathetic man at the end of it all when a woman just breaks his heart and and just takes him for all his worth and he just plays that role so well and I love the final shot of him final shot of him just laughing in madness he's just so good as that character as that as that awful character and he just plays it so well and it's a really, and it's still a great adaptation that Guillermo del Toro did with his wife, Kim Morgan, who is also a film critic and writer. So, and I loved her work too, especially with her, with her stuff on film noir. And I feel they did really well to, to bring up the Gothic influences with the noir aspects of the narrative. And it felt, yeah, it's my favorite performance. It's, well, second favorite performance of his, but my favorite film of his, of his he's ever done. And yeah, I just, I really loved it. I really, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Very- I don't want to spoil it. That's the thing. It's like, am I allowed to spoil a more? Because I can go into more. <laughs>
0: Well, I would definitely tread lightly with spoilers because it's still yeah. a fairly mm-hmm. recent film, and it's unfortunately a film that mm-hmm. nobody saw <laughs> except for us. I did,
1: yes. Hey, I'm a Toro fan.
0: You know, I did too. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, I'm not going to go see it in theaters," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I saw it. Opening weekend, I went. Opening weekend, I saw that and Spider Man both mm-hmm. in theaters that weekend. Yeah, I probably mm-hmm. saw both yeah. films.
1: Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, everything
0: just, you said. Just is, gotta
1: get to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But everything you said, you nailed mm-hmm. it on the head. It's such a good film, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I definitely would love to watch it again at some point, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. And number one for me is a Star is Born, so. When it was announced that he was making his directorial debut with another mm-hmm. adaptation of A Star is Born, I was like, do we really need another adaptation of this? And this has come from someone who actually still hasn't seen any of the previous adaptations. This is the only <laughs> one that I've seen. Um,
1: I've only seen two others. I have not seen the Chris Christopherson one, so don't feel too bad.
0: I heard that one is not very great. I haven't heard the best thing about no. be Chris Christopherson, Robert and one but everyone loves the Judy one from the 50s and then mm-hmm. the one from the 30s I think that one's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I was like Bradley Cooper directing? Okay, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how he's going to direct a film, especially something that seems pretty big for a debut. And then mm-hmm. hearing that Lady Gaga was attached to it as well, I'm like, oh, I like Lady Gaga as a musician, but as an actor, I haven't really seen much from her where she mm-hmm. can really show off her after chops. I know she mm-hmm. did American Horror Story, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: we'll move away from that. Uh, I don't want to speak too much about it. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of American Horror Story, but that's <laughs> a <horror> there. Um, <laughs> Um, But I remember watching the trailer for this and just being like, oh, my God, this looks insanely good. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to see it. And then hearing all the acclaim it got outside of film festivals and then finally watching mm-hmm. the movie when it came out. I was so, so floored by so many elements of this movie, particularly his directing. I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. it's really how he likes to hold the camera on a mm-hmm. scene he doesn't like to cut away he just mm-hmm. likes to let the actors act and do what they're supposed to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the sequences where he's performing are so well directed they're so beautifully shot and they're so well performed the fact that mm-hmm. he spent i believe 18 months learning how to sing and play guitar and do mm-hmm. these all, all these things to commit to this performance. Mm -hmm. It's a huge gamble. It was a huge gamble to adapt this story again that's already been adapted numerous times. And he had talked about that if this movie had flopped,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it would have probably not only obviously ruined his career as a director, but it probably could have ruined his entire career. And
1: Mm -hmm. thankfully, that
0: wasn't the case with this movie. This movie was so loved by critics and audiences. It Mm -hmm. got a lot of award nominations, a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. the directing here really is incredible i think the director is fantastic i will agree with you he is a better director mm-hmm. than a writer i do think the screenplay for this is far superior to the screenplay that he layer pens for maestro Yes. and i agree. think a lot of that has to do with eric roth being a yeah agree as well so mm-hmm. um love all that and then his performance was so heartbreaking I still mm-hmm. think that this is the best performance of his entire career.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The places that he goes to is so devastating to watch and it's very difficult to watch you because there are so it many moments yes. where you're like what are you doing man like you you yes. need to get clean you need to get better and everything and it's just so hard to see yeah. mm-hmm. where his And I feel like goes. he
1: did have connection with that because he did struggle with addiction throughout his early career and he hasn't and he's been a teetotaler since 2004 because of that yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's so interesting that he got to bring elements of his own life mm-hmm. into this character
1: mm-hmm. and
0: make it his own and it's so extraordinary and again i the acting is incredible but the scene is really mm-hmm. really phenomenal yes i remember it when still that first makes me It and just like it just blew me away how good, yes. good his and mm-hmm. were we gonna say what what ticks? No, you off? what
1: it still ticks me off that he was not nominated for best director at the Academy Awards. He deserved was, that nomination. I,
0: I was just gonna say that next. It is so criminal <laughs> that this film got a picture nomination, a screenplay mm-hmm. nomination. He got nominated for actor, but they didn't nominate him for director. And it's like, how yes. do you not nominate him for director for this because
1: I for know a de-
0: for a debut. It's an mm-hmm. extraordinarily directed debut. Exactly. It's
1: really impressive. It that is. He was able to
0: pull off the stuff that he was able to pull off. And mm-hmm. his chemistry with Gaga, like you said, is unbelievably mm-hmm. good. It's outstanding. In fact, and- there are
1: people who are like, I hope they're dating in real life. It's like, no, they're not. They are just very good at their job.
0: <laughs> My God, that... I don't even want to get into that whole debacle, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah his chemistry with gaga was off the charts Mm -hmm. um the sequences he had with sam elliot deserve a massive Mm -hmm. massive round of applause as -hmm. well Mm -hmm. and again for this being the fourth talent of this Mm -hmm. story and for him to make it his own and actually do great with it is really Mm -hmm. impressive we get it so really many is. remakes nowadays. We get too mm-hmm. many of them, far too many of them. Yes. And he directed one of the best remakes mm-hmm. probably ever made. And this has come from someone who hasn't even seen the other adaptations. Yeah. But I, I think it helps where she- he yeah. I love yeah. where he goes with this. I love where he goes with this. It's really extraordinarily done. Yes. The pacing, the imagery, mm-hmm. the directing, the writing, the acting. This is Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper's show from start to finish, but also Lady yes. Gaga. Of course, she's incredible Mm -hmm. in this. I love the movie. I think it's really fantastic. And Mm -hmm. again, if it hadn't worked, it really would have put in quite a damper on Bradley Cooper's career as a whole. But Mm -hmm. thankfully, this was a massive, massive win for him. Although he should have won Best Actor. He should have won Best Actor. It's it's (laughs) disgusting that he didn't. Yes, I do agree with that.
1: He was so good.
0: And come on, the performance that he lost to, are we actually being serious? Like, that's mm-hmm. the performance that wins the Oscar? Someone who mm-hmm. lip-synced the entire time with Bradley did. Oh, his, Bohemian oh, Rhapsody.
1: Oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. I do not care for Bohemian Rhapsody. There are some people who are saying, like, oh, Maestro is a lot like Bohemian Rhapsody is. And I'm like, sort of, but it does not frame, frame his... His having affairs with students and other men as predatory as much as Bohemian Rhapsody did, because Bohemian Rhapsody it just the homosexual relationships were framed as predatory, and you and the fact that Brian Singer directed most of those scenes just really makes that palpable. Uh-huh. Where you are like, oh, I feel, oh, I hate yeah. that movie. I was, oh,
0: it's, it's horrible.
1: Yeah, it is. It is, but I think a good thing with the remake is that he decided to remake this the version of a star is born that did not get many much acclaim, the Barbra Streisand and Chris Christopherson one, because that's the one where it's a mus a musical musical singer. It's a singer is is that, and not an actress like Judy Garland and and uh Judy Holiday, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I think that's why it worked much better, because they're like, we can't, if we're going to, we can't follow the Judy Garland version, that version like that, so we should probably try it like they tried in the 70s, except actually make it work with a singer as the main focus.
0: Yeah, um, and... You know, casting Lady Gaga was an interesting choice because again, mm-hmm. she doesn't primarily have a lot of acting background. You know, she's yeah. primarily known mm-hmm. as a singer, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, the scene that she brings is—it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, great, of course. But her acting is really great, and I just love the mm-hmm. introduction with her when Jackson first meets her at that yes. uh, at that mm-hmm. drag bar, and she yes. sings that song and. Oh my god, you know, and I just and think just about like,
1: it's just like instant just like instantly he's falling in love with her. Just wild. Right I know. There. He
0: he feels whole again, that character, mm-hmm. and it's really extraordinary. And really, mm-hmm. I mean I cannot talk about the film without like acknowledging how much of a downer it is. Mm-hmm. It's so devil. Oh it
1: is. We've I mean, known it's been a dower downer since nineteen thirty seven, so
0: like, like You know, I remember watching this when I saw the movie for the first time, Mm -hmm. not knowing where it was going to go. And then Mm -hmm. when it got to that ending, I was just like, Bradley Cooper, you son of a bitch. And then then he had the the fucking nerve. The fucking Mm -hmm. nerve. When she's performing that last song, Mm -hmm. it hard cuts to him saying it. And it's like, you fucking bastard. Yep. (laughs) Like... Mm my god cut your Stars.
1: heart out with a spoon right there.
0: Literally. Literally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Literally. But my god, Born is my number one. It's my favorite thing that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best thing that I also think he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Best acting. I mean, obviously this is he's only directed two films, but mm-hmm. I love the movie so much. It's extraordinary, it's yes. fantastic. I adore it to mm-hmm. pieces, so that's my number one. So mm-hmm. Before we get into talking a little bit about Maestro, we're going to give some many thoughts on it because both me and Molly have seen it. But before Mm -hmm. we do that, we're going to recap our list from five to one. So, Molly, what is your list?
1: So my number five is Wet Hot American Summer. My number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Number three is Licorice Pizza. Number two is A Star is Born. And number one is Nightmare Alley.
0: And to recap my list, coming in at number five is Nightmare Alley, number four is Guardians of the Galaxy, number three, The Place Beyond the Pines, number two, Licorice Pizza, and number one A Star is Born. So that is it for our list. So let's actually talk about some films that didn't make the cut. Let's talk about some honorable mentions. So, Molly, what are some films that you want to give a mm-hmm. shout out to that didn't make your list?
1: Well... I would be lying if I said I didn't. If I would be lying if I said that I didn't like his performance in *Wedding Crashers*, and so, and it was a childhood—well, not childhood movie, like a middle school movie of mine. Even though there are so much, pro- so many problematic issues with that, with that *Place Beyond the Pines* as well, and and of course the first two *Guardians of the Galaxy* films, and. Like, uh, he's been in a lot of great stuff and a lot of middling stuff, but he just gives such a good performance that you still want to want to bring it up. That you just that you still want to bring it up. That, yeah. And of course, he's fun in the Hangovers, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Hangover. He's always really funny, and he's like, God, he's such an a hole. I want to punch you, and he just does it so well. And. Yeah, and I also kind of liked American Hustle. I thought, even though it was a little boring, I thought his character was really well done. Richie, the FBI agent. So, yeah. There's some other great performances.
0: So, for me, in terms of honorable mentions, um, I actually love The Hangover.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I I think that movie is hysterical. (laughs) It's... Yeah, some of the jokes don't land, but I, I love him in it, mm-hmm. and I love the chemistry between him and Ed Helms and Zach Alf and that because that's mm-hmm. a great trio. I think the three of them mm-hmm. work off each other very beautifully. Um mm-hmm. I like Silverline's playbook. I want to give that a shout out. You and I were talking a little bit about it before we recorded. Mm-hmm. I loved his performance in it. That was the first time where I watched him in something where I'm like, oh God, this is more than just a guy from the Hanover. He's actually like yeah. a good actor. Like he's a legit mm-hmm. good actor. I love him in the movie. And I do still like the movie a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other omper um, mentions. I loved his performance in American Hustle but I really don't Mm -hmm. care for that movie as much as I
1: (laughs) Same, Um, agree.
0: You know, you brought up limitless before and how it's not that great. I kind of like it. I, I enjoy Mm -hmm. it for what it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I I enjoyed the 18 movie. I I think that was a really fun movie based on the iconic Mm -hmm. show from the eighties. And then, you know yeah. Liam meeson and bradley cooper and charlotte Copley, uh, really good cast mm-hmm. i don't know the the guy that they got to play mr t's character i forgot his name a uh, quentin quentin jackson uh, he was awesome oh yes perfect, oh, perfect yeah. casting right there but other than that i mean i like some of the cameos that he's done we were talking i do about too him. uh Dungeons and Dragons earlier this year it's so it's Mm -hmm. a really fun performance it's such a good cameo Um, I actually actually also kind of liked it even though it was just one scene for like five seconds I kind of Mm -hmm. liked his usage of his voice in 10 Cloverfield Lane
1: yes I was about to mention that
0: I liked that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, you know, of course, I mean, the other MCU movies that he's done, you know, like mm-hmm. Gar- the other Guardians movies and Infinity mm-hmm. War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Love those. And yeah, those are really it with honorable mentions. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's talk a little bit about Maestro. Um, so I saw this at the New York Film Festival back in October. I was very mm-hmm. excited for it considering how much I love A Star is Born. I really liked Maestro. I didn't love it as much as I wanted Mm -hmm. to. I think there are some problems with the screenplay. The screenplay is not the film's strongest suit, if I'm being honest. But I think Mm -hmm. it was beautifully directed. The swings that Bradley Cooper goes to as a director specifically Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is really impressive, especially from a stars' board where it's more grand this time Mm -hmm. than what he did with that film. The imagery Mm -hmm. is some of the best of the entire year. Matt Lepetique is such an eloquent DP. The the, sh- the shots that he presents on screen, mm-hmm. especially in this film, are like a pain in the usage of black and white and color. It just yes. all looks immaculate. Mm-hmm. And then Bradley's performance, while it's not best of his career performance, yeah, no. mm-hmm. I really liked what he brought to this performance as mm-hmm. Letter Bernstein. And I love, I love, love, love what carrie mulligan does in this movie as mm-hmm. well i think they're a perfect parent together i thought they worked off each other mm-hmm. beautifully and that scene that we were talking about before and everyone yes. knows the scene if you've seen the movie you mm-hmm. know the scene that i'm talking about yes top 10 scenes of the entire year mm-hmm. some of the best directing of the entire year mm-hmm. and i will ask you a certain question after you give your thoughts on the movie but I like the movie. I didn't love it as much as I wanted to, but I think it's a solid sophomore out in from Bradley Cooper as a director. Mm-hmm. And it gets me even more excited to see what he does next behind the camera. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit about your thoughts on Maestro. Where do you stand with this movie?
1: All right. If any people follow me on Twitter, I think they already know some of my thoughts. So well I was excited to see this film first because I'm a I'm a pretty big Leonard Bernstein fan. I've been a fan of him since West Side Story. I loved I loved his composition for Mass, Candide, I love On the Town. So, I was really excited. You know, I was thinking like, "Oh, Bradley's going to make alive this 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 pioneer, and not just pioneer, but he was a social activist. He he also he was he has an FBI file on him he had the black panther party at his apartment and i was going to get i was so excited this guy had so many affairs with so many men and he's going to have all this and he even left his wife and this is just going to be a fascinating interesting character for bradley to do but then it was a letdown it wasn't it wasn't bad it's not like saltburn where i don't like saltburn i just I didn't like this film, but I also I'm on the fence of cuz it's so well shot and the directing for the most characters is really well done. Sarah Silverman is woefully miscast in this film. She just feels very out of place. And a lot of times I was just like Bradley couldn't direct her. That's okay. And you could tell that she was not used to this directing directing style because I could see they would have the longer takes on Carrie, but they would keep the shorter takes on Sarah because she couldn't keep the accent going and she couldn't keep the acting going. Which, yeah, she's a comedian. That makes sense. But you're still just – it becomes incredibly obvious, especially during the scene where they're discussing Lenny and his dalliances. And just like the camera stays mostly on Carrie. 'Cause Carrie can stay in character. Sarah just can't, really. So and you're watching him play this character and it's framing his these death these um almost some of these homosexual relationships, like he has scenes where he's having cocaine while he's also having these also it's very heavily implied he's having these affairs. And you're just like are you comparing your homosexual affairs to a drug addiction, Bradley? And cause that's just not a very good look. But, and it was very it. I feel like, especially for a movie where it is a queer man, and they barely had, they basically had no kissing. Bradley Cooper did not really kiss any man. He gave Matt Bomer a forehead kiss and just smacked his butt more than he actually kissed him. In one scene, just like as his covered butt, just as a joke, and you're like, is does Bradley Cooper not really interested in and showing Leonard Bernstein as his full self, it really, and also the fact that it didn't really care about the creative process with, or at least didn't really show the creative process as much as I would have liked to with the artist. It was, and it was more about the relationship between him and Felicia because it's through her perspective. But then I also felt she was kind of underwritten too, unfortunately. So then you're stuck at this conundrum where you have this this towering figure of American of American composers. I mean, this man champion Aaron Copeland and all these and all these people. And you just feel like this this is it. This is all it is. I mean, *The Star Is Born* was almost three hours long, and this is only two hours because it's nine minutes of credits right there. And I feel that he didn't give Bernstein his due. I felt that. It really, I feel like he was framing the homosexual relationships as as comparable to a drug addiction, which I don't like that that um, comparison right there. Because especially because a lot of homosexuality is demonized, and this is a man that proudly stated to Tulula Bankhead when he said, "To succeed on Broadway, you either have to be Jewish or gay." Good thing I'm both, <laughs> and. And so it's just, it really felt like a letdown. And you really like it's, and somebody even said what I said, he cared more about the conducting than the actual creation of the project. And that somebody said, Bradley Cooper was exactly what he wanted to do. That's what he only cared about was conducting. And I was like, that explains a lot. He cares more about the image than he does about the creative process. And I think that suffered. In fact, I even jokingly have said Tar is actually a better biography of Leonard Bernstein because Tar took a lot from Leonard Bernstein's life, including the sleeping with students aspect and the and the obsession with Gustav Muller. So, yeah, so I was just, yeah, I feel... I was kind of let down. I just felt, and I feel like it very much tried to hide a lot of the homosexual activity because it was trying to get that award season instead of being true and honest to what Leonard Bernstein was. I mean, even in real life, Leonard Bernstein, he only came back to Felicia when she got her cancer diagnosis. He wasn't even there when she got the diagnosis. And I think Bradley was so afraid you were going to hate this character when it's just, it's no, no, it's just that it's mis- It's trying to make this man more heroic than he actually was. And I feel like that takes away a bit from Bernstein. And I feel like he's trying to mythologize him when I feel we should really humanize him. That's just my take on it.
0: Totally valid, totally valid mm-hmm. takes for sure. Totally valid, totally understandable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's sad that you didn't love the movie as much as you had wanted to, considering that you talked about how much you adore Leonard Bernstein and everything, and how much you like mm-hmm. the Star is born as well mm-hmm. um, but you know that's the beautiful thing about film. it's all subjective, and we all have our opinions, and you know what it's bound to happen that we don't mm-hmm. like something that we are excited for. It happens to me all the time. There are always films that I'm excited to see, and then I walk out mm-hmm. of it going, "Wow, that really disappointed me, yeah, and, you know it it happens and Mm -hmm. i respect your opinion of course you know and if anyone comes at you for not liking the movie then fuck them fuck them
1: i already feel like some people are are and i'm just and one of my new rules now if if there's a twitter handle has like several numbers after their twitter handle i'm just gonna (laughs) block and move on just block and move on because it's maybe it's it's probably AI or something stupid, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, no, get a real username, or, or I'm not debating with you. Bye.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. but you know, steering it to something positive. Mm-hmm. Regard, actually, this this is a question that I want to ask you regarding Maestro. Mm-hmm. He's obviously getting a lot of Oscar buzz for this movie. This movie's getting a lot of. A lot of Mm -hmm. acclaim and a lot of buzz for the movie, which was Mm -hmm. to be anticipated. Yeah. Do you think he's going to win his very first Oscar for this? Because this has been a discussion that people have been having for a very long time about how he is long overdue for an Academy Mm -hmm. Award. Do you think that this is going to be the film that finally rewards him an Oscar? Not for his directing, but for his acting.
1: I really don't think so. He has not won for any other awards categories I've seen him, but at least not for critics. But for actors, I'm not sure. I mean, they gave Jamie Lee Curtis the Oscar last year, which is baffling still to me. So this may, so if he does win an Oscar, it's mostly going to be – it's like with Al Pacino and Scent of a Woman. This is for – this is an Oscar because you deserve the Oscar for Dog Day Afternoon or Scarface or The Godfather Part 1 or Part 2, and we just missed you. So here you go. Simpas, here you go. Just to give it to you. But they still have not given it to Glenn Close, and Glenn Close has been nominated for way more acting Oscars than Bradley, so who knows? So who knows? And Peter O'Toole never won an Oscar either. And he had nine nominations, I think.
0: Yeah. Bradley's Mm -hmm. going on. Bradley's been nominated for nine Oscars. Mm -hmm. uh, Four of which have been for acting. And the rest have been for producing or Mm -hmm. um, writing. And he's definitely going to get at least two nominations for this. Because he's definitely getting the nomination for best actor. And the film's probably going to get in for picture. And since he's a producer Mm -hmm. on that. Oh definitely. He's he's about to he's about to go into the double digit nominees mm-hmm. and the fact that he hasn't won one yes. is really ridiculous in my opinion. Would I award him for this mm-hmm. movie? No, not necessarily. Would I be angry if he won for this? I, I wouldn't say I would be angry, but it wouldn't be who I would want to win the mm-hmm. Oscar, and also this isn't the yeah. fact that I would want him to win his first Oscar. No,
1: because he should have won it for Star is Born, if we're being I honest. It's me. the same thing with Jennifer Lawrence. She should have won it for Winter's Bone. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, and- I think, but well, personally, I think if any male actors are going to win it i think killian murphy should have a better shot because especially since i don't think he's going to have as many opportunities as bradley cooper because killian really likes to work in the indie projects he likes working with peaky blinders he really likes working with ken loach and those films they don't tend to be they get a lot of cans cans for um love but they're not really loved in the United States especially because Ken Loach is also was is a is a socialist realist filmmaker so and an Irish nationalist like Killian is even though Killian's much more quieter about it but yeah I think Killian would be with that like I'm trying to think about who else gave gave a terrific performance this year male performer besides Killian it's because
0: I feel Giamatti. like the
1: Yes, thank you. I feel so bad right now missing that. But Paul Giamatti is so great. And actually, if Paul Giamatti won, won if Paul Giamatti or, or Killian Murphy won, I'd be so happy for both of them. I'd be totally fine with that. Well, especially Paul Giamatti, because I love him. I think he's a, he's just way overdue, and he is just fantastic at what he does. And. And especially since we need the we need the weird little guys to get some love in Hollywood. Like, give some award love to Steve Buscemi and all those people in like, Paul Giamatti. Like, come on.
0: Definitely, definitely. And mm-hmm. to pose this final question for you before we close out the episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who is a filmmaker that you want to see Bradley Cooper work with? And what's a genre that you wanted to see him tackle that he hasn't done yet? mm
1: mm-hmm. Ooh, good question. Now that I thought about it, I just feel so bad right now because I'm thinking. Because the first thing that popped to my head, Iris Sachs, who directed Passages, which just got an NC 17 because of a gay sex scene. But, and I really think Iris Sachs is a great director, and Passages so does not, does, should not have an NC 17. It is. Poor Things has way more sex nudity in it than Passages did. It's because it's between two men. But I was thinking that just because I could see him if he really wanted, even though I think Bradley might be a bit too uncomfortable playing gay roles with this, even though he was totally fine with in Wet Hot American Summer. He seemed pretty fine doing that stuff. But I guess when it's serious, he's like, oh, but it's got to be pristine or something like that. But that would be interesting. But Ooh, another one. I would actually like to see him work with Sofia Coppola, and see maybe maybe a romantic, like a not a romantic comedy, but like a um, rom um, romantic drama dramedy almost in a sense, or like romantic drama. I think, or even a or, uh, who's a director who does really good thrillers now, like. We need romantic thrillers back in, back in. I want a romantic thriller to come back like Hitchcock style because we don't really have many of those anymore. And you're like, oh, but yeah, that would be, I would, I think he and Sofia Coppola could work well together. i you know, I'm not sure he's ever worked with a female director. I'm trying to think if he has, but I think that would be fun. I think, or Iris Sacks, I think. I'm just like, work with the women and the gay film directors. That's what I want you to do, Bradley Cooper. That's And do romantic. Do like a romantic film, something like that. Or something like Crossing Delaney or that sort of thing. Because we need more films like that.
0: <laughs> so he has words with a female director before. He oh, thank the- you. Um, Serena with Jennifer Lawrence. That's and-
1: right. With, this, with the director, the, the Belgian director. Yeah, that's right. He did.
0: Suzanne Baer.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: For me, if I had to choose a filmmaker that he hasn't worked with, it's really tough to say. I mean, Sofia Coppola, that's a great pick. That's a fantastic Mm -hmm. pick. Mm -hmm. I think that you bring up thrillers. I think he would work very well in the Fincher movie. I feel like he and Fincher would work together very well. Oh, yes. And Mm -hmm. then... In terms of the genres, that's tough to say because he's pretty much done everything. He's done every so
1: much, exactly.
0: He, he really has. I guess for me, I would love. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to see. I, I want to do. I'm not very high on this genre. Like, this isn't one of my favorite genres, to be honest. But it would be really cool if Bradley Cooper worked with David Fincher on a straight-up horror movie. Like a flat-out horror movie. That would movie.
1: be really interesting. Because Seven I, is I be, practically a horror film right there.
0: It, it is. It mm-hmm. is. And and to mm-hmm. an extent, Zodiac is also a horror film mm-hmm. when you really exactly. think about it. It really but, is. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like him and Fincher would make magic together. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a pairing that's bound to happen at some point. And honestly, a close second. I was actually gonna say that if Bradley Cooper is given the right material, it would be kind of cool if he was in a Wes Anderson movie. I I would be curious. I think to see so if, like, too. He would do In a Wes Anderson movie,
1: I think he would too. And I think and he knows how to be goofy but serious as well, which is what you need to really be in a Wes Anderson film because you have to take yeah. it's comically serious. It's so. So much of the films are comically serious, and he can he can do that very well.
0: Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a very cool um, parent, mm-hmm. But Fincher and Cooper is one that I'm shocked hasn't happened yet. I'm genuinely shocked that it hasn't happened.
1: Hmm. Agree. And, I, I'm surprised too. It felt like wait, they haven't worked together.
0: Yeah. No, they haven't yeah. worked together. It's shocking. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely mm-hmm. surprising. So mm-hmm. to close out our thoughts on bradley cooper i am a fan i love the guy i love the range that he brings to all of his roles i love that he started directing Mm -hmm. i love that we're seeing this different side of him i feel like he's always committed Mm -hmm. to every project that he signs on to and i really Mm -hmm. don't know what else to say other than i am a fan i've been a long time fan and i'm gonna continue being a fan until he decides to Mm -hmm painting it up and stop acting and stop directing and what have you. So what are your (laughs) final thoughts on Bradley Cooper, Molly?
1: I have, I would say that I think he's already made his mark in Hollywood. I think we're going to remember him for, we're going to remember him. Like we remember Gregory Peck and Clark Gable and Toshiro Mifuni and all these, all these old, old act, all these, old-style filmmaking actors, I think, and also directors were going to. And, well, he may not have gotten to directing yet, but he already has with acting. I think he's already made his mark with acting. But if he can make a few more films, then, yes, he's going to also be put up in there. I think he's going to fulfill a lot of what we thought people like. We thought Mel Gibson was going to be, but then Mel Gibson shut the bed. So... (laughs) So because Mel Gibson was also a really great actor and pretty good director, too. So I am excited to see where his career goes because he's not going to stop. I don't see him stopping anytime soon. And I look forward to what he works on and what performances he brings out, especially in his female casts, He's his um, main female characters because he's so good at directing them. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next. And he's already he's already in the history books, in the film history books, what's not to love.
0: Absolutely. Molly, thank you so much for coming on today to talk to me about Bradley Cooper. It was such a blast getting to have you on the show mm-hmm. and talk with you about the career of Bradley Cooper. So thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thanks for having me again.
0: Absolutely. And I would love well, for you to tell yeah. the listeners where they can find you online. Where could they find your work? All
1: right. So my work is primarily on Mollywood Writes at WordPress dot WordPress dot com or the film stage. And you can also find me on Twitter at Raspberry Raz and on Instagram with under Molly Raspberry.
0: I will put links for all that in the description below. Go follow Molly and mm-hmm. check out her wonderful array of work. And you guys can follow me on all social medias at Brian Suffield. You guys can follow the show on any podcast and platform. We have a Twitter and Instagram, so you guys can stay up to date with what's going on in Film Fragments. Mm -hmm. Let us know your favorite film star, Bradley Cooper. I'd be curious to hear your guys' list. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. I really appreciate it. Be on the lookout for more great episodes coming your way. And I will see you guys for the very next episode of Film Fragments. Take care, everybody.